blackest sky I ever saw. A black wind pushed the lake toward us. The waves jumped over the seawall and spattered the street. The manager had to yell to be heard, while from the sidewalk speaker directly over his head came the twittering conversation of the amnesiac and the librarian. It was the part where they are going through the newspaper files in search of some clue to his identity. He has a vague recollection of an accident. Linda stood by unhappily. She was unhappy for the same reason I was happy because here we were at a neighborhood theater out in the sticks, and without a car. I have a car, but I prefer to ride buses and streetcars. Her idea of happiness is to drive downtown and have supper at the Blue Room of the Roosevelt Hotel. This I am obliged to do from time to time. It is worth it, however. On these occasions Linda becomes as exalted as I am now. Her eyes glow, her lips become moist, and when we dance she brushes her fine long legs against mine. She actually loves me at these times, and not as a reward for being taken to the Blue Room. She loves me because she feels exalted in this romantic place, and not in a movie out in the sticks. But all this is history. Linda and I have parted company. I have a new secretary, a girl named Sharon Kincaid. For the past four years now I have been living uneventfully in Gentilly, a middle-class suburb of New Orleans. Except for the banana plants in the patios and the curlicues of iron on the Walgreen drugstore, one would never guess it was part of New Orleans. Most of the houses are either old-style California bungalows or new-style Daytona cottages. But this is what I like about it. I can't stand the old-world atmosphere of the French Quarter or the genteel charm of the Garden District. I lived in the Quarter for two years, but in the end I got tired of Birmingham businessmen smirking around Bourbon Street and the homosexuals and patio connoisseurs on Royal Street. My uncle and aunt live in a gracious house in the Garden District and are very kind to me, but whenever I try to live there I find myself first in a rage, during which I develop strong opinions on a variety of subjects and write letters to editors, then in a depression, during which I lie rigid as a stick for hours, staring straight up at the plaster medallion in the ceiling of my bedroom. Life in Gentilly is very peaceful. I manage a small branch office of my uncle's brokerage firm. My home is the basement apartment of a raised bungalow belonging to Mrs. Shexnader, the widow of a fireman. I am a model tenant and a model citizen, and take pleasure in doing all that is expected of me. My wallet is full of identity cards, library cards, credit cards. Last year I purchased a flat olive drab strongbox, very smooth and heavily built, with double walls for fire protection in which I placed my birth certificate, college diploma, honorable discharge, GI insurance, a few stock certificates, and my inheritance, a deed to ten acres of a defunct duck club down in St. Bernard Parish, the only relic of my father's many enthusiasms. It is a pleasure to carry out the duties of a citizen, and to receive in return a receipt or a neat styrene card with one's name on it, certifying, so to speak, one's right to exist. What satisfaction I take in appearing the first day to get my auto tag and brake sticker. I subscribe to Consumer Reports, and as a consequence I own a first-class television set, an all-but-silent air conditioner, and a very long-lasting deodorant. My armpits never stink. I pay attention to all spot announcements on the radio about mental health, the seven signs of cancer, and safe driving, though, as I say, I usually prefer to ride the bus. Yesterday a favorite of mine, William Holden, delivered a radio announcement on litterbugs. Let's face it, said Holden, nobody can do anything about it but you and me.
This is true. I have been careful ever since. In the evenings I usually watch television or go to the movies. Weekends I often spend on the Gulf Coast. Our neighborhood theater in Gentilly has permanent lettering on the front of the marquee reading, where happiness costs so little. The fact is I am quite happy in a movie, even a bad movie. Other people, so I have read, treasure memorable moments in their lives. The time one climbed the Parthenon at sunrise. The summer night one met a lonely girl in Central Park and achieved with her a sweet and natural relationship, as they say in books. I too once met a girl in Central Park, but it is not much to remember. What I remember is the time John Wayne killed three men with a carbine as he was falling to the dusty street in stagecoach, and the time the kitten found Orson Welles in the doorway in the third man. My companion on these evening outings and weekend trips is usually my secretary. I have had three secretaries.